Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bile, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today it's day two of Manitoba Ag Days in Brandon. The chief agricultural editor of saskagtoday.com, Kevin Hirsch, is there and provides us with a report on herbicide-resistant weeds and why it's important to act now than later. Also, Manitoba Agriculture Minister Ron Kostishin was also at Ag Days, and I followed up with one of the first people selected in the Wheat Growers Young Farmers Mentorship Program and how that experience is going. Farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. This is Saskag today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection, and Farm Fresh Water. Fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Weeds with resistance to multiple herbicide groups are a growing threat in Western Canada. Two weeds of particular worry are kochia and water hemp. Saskag today's chief agricultural editor has this report from Manitoba Ag Days in Brandon. Kim Brown is the weed specialist for Manitoba Agriculture. She says two of the most worrisome weeds are kochia and water hemp. With kochia resistant to many herbicide modes of action, producers have increasingly turned to Group 14 products such as heat, aim, and authority. Unfortunately, as Kim Brown explains, the clock is ticking on how long Group 14s will be effective. So there was a population found in Saskatchewan, um, or an area, uh, one place in Saskatchewan that was found. They've tested several populations with of kochia within this place. So the results are very preliminary, but we've been finding that there is um, definitely some Group 14 resistance within that kochia, as as was suspected. Uh, the Group 14 products just weren't working. And then also in North Dakota, uh, they've been looking at this, and Dr. Brian Jenks has been doing quite a bit of work in this area, and they have multiple populations in North Dakota that are Group 14 resistant and resistant to more than one Group 14 product. How quickly Group 14 resistance will spread is hard to determine, but Group 9 glyphosate resistance has spread quickly. Brown says producers should take action now and not wait for the problem to appear in their fields. 
you always take action now. And the best thing we can do is have a really good crop rotation. So the best thing is a really diverse crop rotation. Within that crop rotation, do everything you can to grow those crops as best you can. You want a competitive crop. You want that crop to come up well. You want it to cover the ground early. You want it to be as competitive as it can be. Some of our crops are more competitive than others, but you know that's you do you do your best in every crop. And then within that crop, you know you use multiple herbicides. You're using um, using herbicide layering, so you're coming at it with some pre-emerge, some burn-off. You know you've got your burn-off products. Then you've got your pre-emerge that have residual that lasts throughout the, through part of the growing season. Then you have your post. You know your in-crop options as well. And you know we need to look also at things like our fall weed control. If we have an um, an early fall, what are we doing on, for those weeds? Can we take down the pressure for next year? Uh, you know, what, can we incorporate tillage? Uh, strategic tillage is really important. Um, you know, we need to make sure that we still use that tool. Um, but there's so many things we need to do now. But everything we can do to make our crops more competitive helps. And then, other than that, we know we need to look at our, our rotation and where we're using these group 14s and where you know we need to use them smart. We need to be smart with them. We need to use them judiciously. Um, you know, so that they last as long as possible. Water hemp is another weed with multiple herbicide resistance that's showing up with increased frequency in Manitoba. It likes the open space in row crops like corn and sunflowers and also shows up in soybeans that have been sprayed with only glyphosate. While Saskatchewan doesn't have a lot of corn, sunflowers or soybeans, Brown believes water hemp could become a big problem in lentils. I'd be really concerned about lentils just because you know we know we know the water hemp is is it's group two resistant. The water hemp that we've had in Manitoba is group two resistant. The water hemp in North Dakota, most of it's group two resistant, and uh, you know we've got there's metribuzin resistance as well. So I know that those are you know those are products that uh, that are pretty important in in lentils, and so you don't have a lot of options left. Lentils typically grown in in, in drier areas. Will water hemp adapt to drier areas? Yeah, yeah, because we've seen. I mean, by the name water. Hemp, um, it, where it originally came from was wetter areas. It was like edges of you know ravines and streams and rivers and that type of thing. And so that's where you know that's where it's probably most comfortable. But I've seen it do perfectly well in the middle of a very dry summer where we hadn't had any rain. Uh, a couple of years ago, I saw it on a field. I saw a lot of it in a field down um, near um, in, in southeastern Manitoba, quite near the U.S. border. And it was a very light sandy land. It was very very dry in the middle of that summer, and the water hemp was doing just fine. Water hemp towers over short stature crops. If you see it, the recommendation is to destroy it so it can't set seed. For SaskAg Today at Manitoba's Ag Days in Brandon, I'm Kevin Hirsch. Coming up next, we're going to continue with Manitoba Ag Days, and we'll hear from Manitoba's Agriculture Minister. He made a cameo appearance at the event at the Keystone Center yesterday. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Sask Ag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. It wouldn't be a farm show if the provincial agriculture minister didn't make an appearance. Manitoba Ag Minister Ron Kostishin was at the Keystone Center for day one of Manitoba Ag Days yesterday. He was there to promote Manitoba's agriculture sector. 
one of our many initiatives is that we need to find added value to the commodities we grow in this province of Manitoba so we can create more jobs, create more locally produced uh, items that are grown here in the province of Manitoba. And simply, uh, you know, we've got the north uh, mines and minerals also to be looked at, but basically, in the, in, as far as the agriculture department goes, definitely we have a strong mission uh, to find some added value, create some more dollars into our province. Gustician also commented on last year's growing season, which was similar to Saskatchewan's. Just talking to a number of producers that, you know, we uh, we did have some areas of concern as far as lack of moisture. But overall, I would say a very high percentage producers seem to be very comfortable with the yields they got this year and, and maybe quite fortunate. Uh, I think if we would have had a repeat of lack of moisture like we did last year, it would be a concern. But we did have, uh, have appropriate rainfall, but it didn't seem to be very consistent. It seemed to be in designated areas, and that's the way it seemed to throughout the whole growing season so definitely uh, we're hoping that we've got a sufficient amount of snow uh, so to speak and uh, timely rains and, and moisture is, is much appreciated I think as far as the growing conditions go. This is Costition's second tour of duty as the provincial ag minister a job he enjoys still have the passion and love for agriculture and it's so key in our province of Manitoba much like Saskatchewan and Alberta you know when we talk about 9% of our GDP is, is agriculture related it's a very key component in our agriculture that's Ron Kostitian Manitoba Agriculture Minister at Ag Days in Brandon coming up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer keep it tuned here to Sask Ag Today we'll be back right after these messages you're tuned in to Saskag today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integritire dealers, and Migraine Exchange. Ready to market your 2023 crop? Head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Manitoba's agri-insurance program is expected to provide farmers with nearly $5 billion in coverage on an estimated 9.55 million acres for the upcoming crop year. The federal and Manitoba agriculture ministers released details indicating that 2024 agri-insurance premiums will be lower than they were in 2023 for most crops insured in Manitoba. For annual crops, producers can expect to pay an average premium of $16.21 per acre in 2024, compared to $19.21 per acre in 2023. Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation calculates premium rates using methodologies that are reviewed and approved by Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada. Continued volatility in global commodity markets has impacted agri-insurance dollar values for the 2024 season. Some crops, such as dry beans, forage seeds, potatoes, vegetables and forages, will have higher dollar values. For the majority of crops, however, dollar values are lower than 2023. The governments of Canada and Manitoba through the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership are investing $450,000 over three years toward the Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program, 
or MFWP, to provide access to professional counseling services to Manitoba's agricultural community. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley notes that this program is different from other mental health services available as it is rooted in agriculture and the counselors are familiar with the unique stressors of managing an agribusiness such as seasonality of operations, impact of extreme climate events, global and market fluctuations and the dynamics of rural living. The Manitoba Farmer Wellness Program, a nonprofit organization launched in 2022, addresses the mental health of farmers, farm families, and farm workers through access beyond crisis intervention to longer-term counseling support that prevent mental health crisis. Canada's abnormally dry winter is worsening drought conditions across the western provinces where most of the country's oil, gas, forest products and grain are produced. As of December 31st, 70% of the country was abnormally dry or in drought, according to Agriculture Canada, with the worst conditions in southern Alberta, western Saskatchewan and north-central British Columbia. In Alberta, three years of drought have raised the cost of feeding cattle and drain dugouts that the cattle drink from. This has forced some farmers to reduce their herds. Canada's cattle inventory hit its lowest level on record in 2022, according to Statistics Canada. Farms in southern Alberta depend on irrigated river water to sustain crops of potato and sugar beet. Non-irrigated prairie farms produce most of Canada's wheat and canola, much of which are exported. Final production estimates for the past growing season from the United States Department of Agriculture confirmed larger lentil, dry pea and chickpea crops in the country in 2023-24 compared to the previous year, as yields improved for all three crops. However, edible bean production was down slightly, as both yields and seeded area were down for the crop. Improved yields more than made up for a decline in seeded lentil area in the country in 2023-24, according to the USDA's January 12th report, with lentil production of 260,450, up by 1.5% on the year, despite a 19.7% decline in planted acres. Chickpea yields in the country were up by 21.9% on the year, hitting 1,315 pounds per acre. U.S. dry edible pea production came in at 820,370 metric tons, which was up from 703,840 tons the previous year, and roughly double what was grown in 2021-22. An attack on a dry bulk carrier this week in the Red Sea region is set to lead to more diversions of grain cargoes around the Cape of Good Hope, but most are still willing to risk using the Suez Canal for now. Houthi forces in Yemen struck the U.S.-owned and operated dry bulk ship Gibraltar Eagle with an anti-ship ballistic missile on Monday although there were no reports of injuries or significant damage. Dry bulk carriers are often used to transport grains, although in this case the Gibraltar Eagle was carrying a cargo of steel products. That was before reports emerged of an empty Malta-flagged Greek-owned bulk carrier also being hit by a missile Tuesday while northbound in the Red Sea. There were no injuries. And that's today's Ag Review. 
I'm Doug Falk. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Debon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather, and Phil, looking at the map of Canada this morning, the extreme cold weather warnings are gone now in Saskatchewan, so that's a positive, and from what it looks like, we're going to get back into regular cold. Yeah, and you know, regular cold is regular because it's not that unusual for this time of year to be cold. It's when it's not cold this time of year that things are a little out of whack, but when they're that cold... It's a whole different situation. Uh, for now, we get to put away the pink and purple crayons for uh, for a little while, at least use it a little less as the uh, the wind chill numbers are getting a little better. Still, nighttime wind chill is very cold, and it's not that much the wind. It is a little bit the wind, of course. It is the wind chill, but it's the air temperature itself. Daytime temperature getting a little above minus 20 this afternoon. That brings the wind chill near or above minus 30 at times. It's the nighttime. We're back down tonight to minus 26. And just a little breeze that you know, wind chill gets down to the upper minus 30s. Likely on this side of minus 40, but still very close. So late night, early morning hours, still uh, prepare, even if it's not extreme cold. Bundle up it if it, as if it is, because it is going to be close to that. Uh, during the day tomorrow, back to minus 20 for the afternoon. Wind chill around minus 30 for the afternoon hours. Just a little more of a wind daytime, too. Overnight winds are not calm. They're 15 to 25, but they're closer to 30 during the day. Friday, though, less wind. Temperature still near minus 20, partly sunny sky. Throughout all of this slightly warmer uh, pattern, there is a little snow to contend with as well. A few flurries through the day into the early part of the night, they will be uh, pretty minor, uh, less than a centimeter all told through today and tonight. Then another batch tomorrow, likely even less amount uh, for the evening hours tomorrow night, maybe um, a few millimeters. But overall, it's nothing major for this week. And as this week ends, the weekend brings in some temperatures that are closer to normal. Normal high at the time of year, minus 11. We'll shoot for minus 10 on Saturday, minus 9 on Sunday. In and out of cloud cover both days, watching for some uh, temperatures to get a little closer to freezing even later next week. Thank you very much, Phil. Normal highs for this time of year, around minus 11 degrees. Normal lows, minus 23. Sun rose in Regina at around 8.52 this morning, and the sun will set at around 5.26 this afternoon. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon, Yorkton, Melville, Mooseman, minus 21 degrees. Swift Current is at minus 22. Cinnaboya, Estevan, and Weyburn, minus 20. The least cold spot in Saskatchewan is in Val-Marie at minus 17. Cold spot in the community of Scott at minus 24.6. In Regina, it's a mainly sunny sky, west-northwest wind at 23, humidity at 71%, temperature minus 21 degrees or minus 5 Fahrenheit. With the wind chill, it feels like minus 32 degrees Celsius. And the barometric pressure is at 101.6 and rising. In Moose Jaw, it's mostly cloudy. West-northwest wind at 28, and the temperature minus 20. Again in Regina, mainly sunny. West-northwest wind at 23, temperature minus 21. Back in a moment.
Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Monday was considered one of the most gloomy days of the year. Christmas is over, this year's been extremely cold, and the bills start rolling in. For producers trying to get their barns heated this month, the cost of fuel is one expense, but the ever-rising carbon tax is only going to add to that pain. Farmers across the nation were hoping for some pain relief in the form of Bill C-234, which a small majority of senators managed to tack on two amendments last month, pushing the bill back to the House of Commons. Tory Ag critic John Barlow spoke about the bill two weeks ahead of when he hopes the bill will be up for debate again in the House of Commons. He's heard the lack of relief is weighing on farmers. Oh, for sure. You know, this uh, this cold snap over the last few days has just brought this brought this home even uh, even more acutely when uh, farmers are having to pay you know thousands of dollars a day in many cases to heat barns and keep their their livestock and, and chickens warm. Um, you know the the costs that they are incurring are astronomical, and uh, that's that's why Bill C two three four was was so important to give uh, farmers some some financial relief and and certainly um, you know there, there's no other alternatives when it's minus thirty five or minus thirty six and an electric heat pump um, doesn't even work. So for opponents of two three four to say that there are other commercial options available is just simply not the case. He went on to say getting the bill up to the Senate again in its original form is going to take time and persistence. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Coming up next, I had the chance to follow up with Carly Bodich. She's one of the first people selected in the Wheat Growers Mentorship, Young Farmer Mentorship Program, rather, and just to see how that experience has gone so far. We'll be back right after these messages. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town number yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com It's been a whirlwind of an experience for Carly Bodich after being named one of the inaugural mentees selected in the Wheat Growers Farmer Mentorship Program last year. Part of the reason she applied for the program is looking up to a member of the organization, Caitlin Kitsan, as well as a desire to know the process and agriculture policy making. Yeah, she's been a, a great connection and someone I admire very much. She's very involved and very passionate and and doing great work for the egg industry and for women in leadership positions. She's just an overall rock star. I've been really trying to be a sponge these last couple of years. I know that um, government regulations and technology, everything is changing so fast. And as a young agriculture producer, that's going to be things we're going to have to take into consideration to make our operations a success moving forward. So I appreciate these young leader 
programs and opportunities to be able to sit in and see firsthand what organizations like the wheat growers are doing on behalf of farmers and, and be able to appreciate and maybe one day be part of making a difference for Saskatchewan and overall Canadian farmers. Bowditch says after being selected, she got to attend the Grow Canada conference in Calgary with members of the wheat growers. While attending the conference, Bowditch heard different challenges facing the agriculture sector, met with prominent people within the industry, and learned a valuable lesson. The biggest takeaway for me is just that things change so fast, but that's a good thing. So um, just talking about how far technology has come in the last 50 years and the opportunities that we have in the next 50 years and that as farmers and ranchers, we have to be smart about what technology we adopt, but also really lean into the tools that are being provided and created and make sure that we're doing things the most efficiently and using the technology that's available to us. Bodich will be going to the Wheat Growers Convention later this month on January 25th and 26th. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to meet the rest of the board for the wheat growers and uh, just get the chance to learn about them and even what the wheat growers do to a bigger extent and then be able to connect with some more producers from the area. So the Grow Canada conference, I would say, was majority industry-based, so mostly industry professionals in the room, and I would anticipate the wheat growers one will be majority producers. So it's always nice to connect with fellow farmers and to see what's new and exciting in their world and be able to uh, reminisce and, and see what's up and coming for the next season as well. She noted the wheat growers thought of having a mentor accompany the young farmers but decided not to as a mentor may limit their ability to make connections so having the mentee connect with the entire board of directors as well as choosing their own mentor was the better route. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. Up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $5.80 at 586.12. Number one red spring wheat is up 72 cents at 318.06. The rest were unchanged. Durham 446.92, feed barley 242.58, chickpeas 1168.44, flax 591.04, lentils 777.50, oats 290.32, yellow peas 446.38, and feed wheat 238.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down three quarters of a cent at $6.90 a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of January 16th. Our last regular sale was on January 3rd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.14 to $1.34. D3 cows sold from $0.94 cents to $1.12. Counter cows sold from $0.65 cents to $0.95. Cents. Hefferettes sold from $1.65 to $2.10. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.34 to $1.55. 
we did not have our scheduled pre-sorted calf sale on the 15th due to the weather. Our next one will be on January 29th. This has been Stephanie Dagg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. The latest pork prices are at $169.85 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Experts say Loblaw is trying to match its competitors by scrapping steep discounts on soon-to-expire food. The grocer has long labeled items nearing expiry as up to half off, but recently announced it will lower its range to between 30 and 50 percent. Retail analyst Lisa Hutchison with J.C. Williams Groups says the shift is in line with competitors as demand for discounted food items nearing expiry goes up. She says the changes could affect shoppers who are relying on deeper discounts to keep their grocery bills low amid high inflation. Alberta oil production hit an all-time record in November at 4.2 million barrels per day. And the Alberta Energy Regulator says the province averaged 3.8 million barrels per day of oil production in the first 11 months of last year. That's up 1.6% from 2022 and 5% higher than the same period in 2021. Oil sands companies ramped up output to prepare for the imminent completion of the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion. The expansion will give Canada's oil industry an additional 590,000 barrels per day of export capacity. On the markets, the TSX is down 320 points at 20,627. The Dow is down 101 points to 37,259. Oil is down 57 cents at $71.83 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.90 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Wednesday's edition of Sask, Sask Egg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.